We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. The Transformative Mastermind really is amazing. Go to JethroJones.com slash mastermind to learn more about it. But I want to share a couple of things that people have said recently about their experience in the mastermind. First, it's been so beneficial learning how others are adjusting to the school closures and reopening plans. Another one, it's not just us in our state. We're all in this together and we're all feeling supported by talking with each other. Another one, having permission to change things up. These are all real examples from what people are experiencing in the mastermind. And this is their end of the meeting, short, this is what I got out of it today. This is a powerful group, and I'd love for you to be part of it. Go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind and schedule a chat for us to talk about whether or not it's the right fit for you. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have as my guest today, Kulvarn Atwal. Kulvarn, welcome to Transformative Principle. How are you today? I'm very good, Jethro. Lovely to be able to have the opportunity to talk to you. Yes, and I'm very excited to talk with you as well. We are mostly going to talk today about your book, which is called The Thinking School, Developing Dynamic Learning Community. Can you talk a little bit about that book and why you wrote it? Yeah, I've been in teaching now for 20 years. I've been a head teacher for almost eight years. And I've always been curious about the factors that impact upon teacher engagement in professional learning. So I, I very quickly realized as, as, a, as a newly qualified teacher that there was this great variation between teachers who had fantastic attitudes and and were really reflective about their practice and wanting to read and continually wanting to improve. And others, um, to put it politely, were very much the opposite. So I've always been interested in 
of finding out how we can create an environment in which every teacher is enthusiastic, motivated, committed to learning. So that was my focus in terms of professional development. And um, I spent eight years on my doctorate, which focused on an investigation of the factors that impact on teacher engagement in professional learning, with a particular focus on action research. And and, and part of that work, I, I studied school leadership and systems across the world, including America, Australia, right across Europe. And um, when I was sitting there having completed my doctorate and I went for my viva and I had to defend my thesis, uh, after two hours I was asked, well, well, what are you going to do next? And I said, well, I I don't want to look at that thesis anymore because by the end of it, it, it's something that that you love and you hate in equal measure because you're writing for an academic audience. And I said, no one's going to want to read that. Maybe a few academics would want to. And I thought I'd, what I'd like to do is write a book because what was I going to do with all this learning? Just just working with my own school and develop the model there. No, I wanted to to write a book so that other educators in the UK and beyond could look at developing a, a similar dynamic learning community in their schools. Because what I was finding is by focusing our energies on teacher professional learning, and, and, and there's a simple premise with which I start the book, which is. The greatest single factor that impacts upon the quality of children's learning in schools, and I'm taking all factors of the home out of that, is the quality of teaching. And so as school leaders, the greatest way you can impact on the quality of teaching is by having really expansive teacher learning experiences. So I, I created a conceptual framework, which I described in the book as the dynamic learning community, that by implementing these formal professional learning, collaborative professional learning opportunities, we create a very dynamic environment in which um, you maximise the informal learning that takes place and then that has a very powerful impact on children's learning. So really the purpose of the book was to, to, to provide a practical guide so that other leaders could implement similar models in their own schools. Yeah, so you know, when I think about this, this situation, what I typically see is that a lot of times we don't give credit or respect to the informal learning. Can you define what informal learning is and why it's so important? Yeah, because um, as as educators, the first thing is that in the very institutions in which the core business is learning, so schools, I found that the quality of the adult professional learning was relatively poor. And so if you take all the firm formal learning opportunities, which are like meetings after school or staff training days, that accounts for a very small proportion of the time teachers actually spend in schools. In my third year of my doctorate, my supervisor introduced me to a whole new world. It was like um, Neo in the Matrix or, or Alice going through the, the, the looking glass. And, and I suddenly looked at other industries like steel workers and hairdressers. And I read a piece of work by two researchers, Lave and Wenger, which, which looked at communities of practice and argued that more learning takes place socially in institutions than does take place formally. An example of that will be that the new newly qualified teacher starts in the school, is assigned a mentor. Now, there's a certain amount they'll learn from their mentor, but they'll actually learn more if everybody in the institution is someone they can go to and have dialogue with informally and, and develop their practice. So then, then what I looked at is how do we create an environment in school which maximises our informal learning? So some of the activities that the, the teachers within the thinking school will engage in are designed to to develop an informal learning environment. So every person is trained as a coach. All teachers uh, participate in peer learning and lesson study. 
We do collaborative action research, collaborative planning, and teachers move around and work within different groups in the school. So it's a much more expansive environment for informal learning. And, and you're tapping into an environment simply because most of the time teachers are working in isolation. They're in their own classrooms by themselves with their doors closed. If you compare that to working on a construction site or in a hairdressing salon, there's much more deeper engagement and professional dialogue and informal learning taking place. So that is what I really wanted to, to tap into. It can have a very powerful impact upon the openness with which teachers talk about their own learning and development. There was a, there was a study coming out of Chicago, actually, in 2016 by Crafts and Pape, quite a large study, which argued that the average teacher stops improving in their third year of teaching. And, you know, I, I think that's shocking because I, and we, we have a mentality that I want to be a better teacher today than I was last week. And I can only do that by being curious and by engaging in dialogue. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what I think is most fascinating about that is looking at my own experience. I felt like I was the most effective teacher that I was during my third year. And then after that, I didn't feel like I was an effective teacher. And then I became an administrator and was able to continue learning and leveling up my skills. And it wasn't that I like, I figured everything out, but I knew what worked for me at that point, because you learn very quickly in front of a bunch of kids, what works for you and what doesn't. And so I learned quickly what, what did and did not work for me. And, and my third year was, was the best year of, of me being a teacher. And I just think that's really interesting that, that you stopped learning. And I felt like I learned in dog years before that. Mm. So that's, that's a really fascinating study. Hey, guess what? I've got a book coming out. How exciting is that? It's called School X. And it's all about helping you as a principal be a designer of your school and not just a manager. So I hope you'll check it out. You can download the free chapter at schoolx.me. So just go to schoolx.me to download the first free chapter. And once you get it, hit reply to the email and tell me what you think. Looking forward to sharing that with you. That's schoolx.me. Now, you talk about having these communities of practice. And, you know, we, at least here in America, and it may be different in, in the UK, but here in America, we typically think of those as professional learning communities. And those vary greatly by school, even though there are certain things that everybody can agree are part of, of learning communities. How do you define that? And how do we know if we're doing that, quote unquote, right? I think you're absolutely right because there's so much variation between schools and between groups of schools. In in essence, the term community of practice is very powerful because the aim of groups of people to come together isn't necessarily as what would be defined as academic research. It's not about um, developing new knowledge. It's it's about improving practice. So a very micro level within a school, how many opportunities do teachers get to be able to to engage in collaborative professional dialogue? How many opportunities do they get to go and visit each other's classrooms in an informal way? How many opportunities do they get to to engage with research and reflect and question their practice? So the first step has to be that it has to be part of the culture within a school. We have a system in in England which promotes the individual rather than collaboration because you you have other other, um, elements like performance-related pay, 
and target setting that teachers have, you know, it doesn't encourage that type of collaboration. So when I first went to my current school, we, under the Ofsted framework, it was um, graded as a school that was requiring improvement, which basically means that the inspection team don't think it's very good and you need to improve rapidly. At the time, um, I was four years into my doctorate. I was very clear that this was the model, expansive professional learning that I was going to aim for. And um, my, you, you don't necessarily have a boss, but you have a, a, a like a, I don't know whether they're called superintendents in in, in the states, mm-hmm. but we call we have associate advisors or school improvement partners. And she she came in to see me and she said, "What's your plan?" And I said, "Listen, I've got a great plan." And she goes, "Yeah, tell me about it because the teaching has been graded in this school is requiring improvement, which is category three. There's only one category below that." And I said, the plan is that I'm not going to participate in any judgmental lesson observations. These teachers are going to be given the time and space to develop their craft. So in this first term, I'm not going to make any judgments of any teachers. Instead, we are going to enable every year group to engage in collaborative action research projects. And we're going to focus on what does quality teaching look like? And we're going to focus on the work of assessment for learning. And each each year group is going to come up with a collaborative research question that they, they want to investigate. So, for example, in year six, they want to, in grade six, they want to develop a model of peer learning, peer assessment for children. In grade one, they wanted to look at how they can enable the children to be more active in, in class discussion. And she looked at me as if I was mad. And she said, yeah. <laughs> she, said she said, you can't do that. We're going to go in as is the way in this in the country at the time, you're going to go in and you're going to judge every teacher and you're going to score them uh, against four grades, outstanding, good, required improvement, or what was the first one? Inadequate. I mean, like, who would want to be described as inadequate? And, um, right. and she said, because if you don't, if the school isn't out of the category by often within 18 months, you could lose your job. Now, Jeffro, I, I, I care about the 700, 800 kids in the school, but I also care about my own kids. Right. <laughs> But I had the courage of my convictions because when you've engaged in, in such a level of research at doctoral level and you're, and you're refining this conceptual framework, it, it represents your values and beliefs. And we stuck to the plan, and that was the beginning of diver- moving from individuals to de- teams to developing a community of practice. As that dynamic learning community then matures, over the last two years I've had, had the privilege of leading two other schools and it is more easier to then establish a community of practice across schools. But if leaders aren't aligned or you don't have the culture in place at the top, there'll be limitations at the, at the classroom level. Yeah. And I think that, that that approach of I'm not going to participate in any judgment or uh, lesson observations, you know, I talk a lot about the courage to do things differently. And I think that that is a really good example of that, that our our system unfortunately is built on this idea of a a principal or head teacher or whatever going in and saying i'm going to judge you and tell you how good you did and over time i have realized how how inappropriate that that path is because all you can get is a moment in time you can't see the the bigger picture of what's actually happening in that classroom and what the teacher and the students are doing with their time and together and and I love that approach of instead of doing those observations, you say, all right, you guys are going to focus on getting better and just get better in any way. And you decide that sounds incredibly powerful and takes them from from being people who are told what to do to people who decide what to do. And 
to be honest, I'm pretty sure everybody likes to be in that latter column of someone who decides what to do instead of being told what to do all the time. How did their uh, demeanor reaction, how did they respond to that when you, when you gave them those plans? Well, I've done it. I've been into three different schools now and done this. And the effect is pretty much the same in every school. Teachers, practitioners love it because they feel empowered. They feel trusted. They feel valued. They feel they have a voice. They're, they're also able to talk about their areas of concern and what they're worried about. Because in hierarchical, performance-oriented cultures, you won't tell anyone what you're not good at because you think you're going to be judged. However, um, leaders who have worked in the hierarchical structure find it very challenging because if their traditional role has been to judge and to enforce and now they're going to have to trust and coach and empower, unless you want to go on that journey, then you find it very difficult. So each of the three schools, teachers have loved it and leaders have found it very challenging. But in terms of of empowerment, I looked at some research from 1950s Japan, which... uh, at the time, they wanted to uh, uh, compete at an economic level with, the, with the, the rapid development of the economy that was happening in the States. And what they did is they went into factories. And whereas traditionally you have line managers telling people on the assembly line, this is what we need you to do, and we're going to watch that you do it, and we're going to monitor that you do it, and we're going to check that you do it. In schools, that's a bit like the control and compliance culture of performance where I'm going to tell you what you need to do, then I'm going to come in and judge you. And then I'm going to get, set your targets for improvement and I'm not going to support your learning and I'm going to come back and check on you. What happens is these workers eventually stop bringing their brains to work because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. They're just doing what they're told to do. And what happened in Japan is they took out all these middle managers and instead of then checking up, what they said is, well, what, what outcomes do we want? So we want you to make a bread maker machine. Here's the tools, here's the resources, put your heads together, come up with the idea. In schools, if I'm leading a group, I will say, right, what do we want for these children? We want them to be critical, independent, creative thinkers. We want them to be successful in their, their maths, their reading and the writing. But we're going to decide collectively within our context how we're going to do that. And moving from performance to learning is the example you gave of someone going into a classroom and observing someone and judging them is a bit like uh, uh, someone, you know, I'm not, familiar with um, American sports as much as British sports, but let's imagine American football game and watch and turning up and watching the, just the 26th minute of the game and then leaving and turning over and being able to tell you what the final outcome of the match is going to be. It's impossible. Instead, right. oh, with, with, a co- yeah. with a coaching approach, you, you go in with a, with a reflective lens and what we did in that first term is we moved towards peer learning, where there's three teachers in each year group, identified one area of the practice across the year group that we thought we could develop. And then without judgment, we went as a group and spent 20 minutes in each class and just had a professional collaborative dialogue. And then people come up with their own solutions because they're empowered to take risks. And this is what drives the heart of the learning community. And I'm, I'm on Twitter and I, I was I sometimes tweet about our school and the fact that every teacher's unable to do a master's, we'll do peer learning and lesson study. You wouldn't believe, Jethro, how alien these concepts seem to many people, which is, which is why I'm even more passionate about sharing the findings of the book, because those same teachers seven years ago that were told they were require improvement or inadequate are those same, same people who are now leading the school and leading across other schools. So it's very much about empowerment, high trust, high challenge. 
Yeah, absolutely. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. I think about this, this idea of shifting from judging to coaching and your analogy of, of watching a football game and, and watching just the 26th minute and then being able to make a judgment on the whole game because of that. I mean, you certainly could do that, and people do that, I'm sure, regularly and say that team was awful or that team was great, but it doesn't mean anything, and it doesn't help those people at all. You've got to look at the the whole process, and that's not what a coach is doing, is only looking at one part of it. They're looking at the whole game, and then they're continuing to refine and support those those people. And so I, I just think that that analogy is really a, a great way to look at the fallacy of doing uh, classroom observations as mm-hmm. much as we as we like to. So the last question that I asked Kovarn is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? The first thing I would talk about is, I'd say, the empowerment of practitioners at the, the chalk face and empowering. I cannot teach. One thing that I do is I teach every day. The reason I teach every day is because that enables me to continue to engage in, in, in the professional dialogue alongside colleagues. It also enables me to understand what those experiences are and how those have changed over time. But by empowering, that is the, the way in which I can have the greatest impact upon the children, not by teaching them all, by giving the practitioners, the professionals, the tools, the resources, the freedom and the space to think creatively. We believe that creativity comes from successive failures that by teachers taking risks, working with children, being creative in the decisions they make, bringing their brain to work, they can ultimately, over time, make such a powerful impact on the children that they're teaching that you're, the dialogue within the classroom will look completely different. So that, that element of empowerment and coaching is, is essential to everything. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to remind everybody they can get a copy of this book that teaches you how to do it, uh, The Thinking School, Developing a Dynamic Learning Community on Amazon or from John Cat uh, Educational Publishers. They can also follow uh, Kulvarn on Twitter at Thinking School 2. And is there anything else you'd like to say in parting to our audience? No, I think one of the things is because I've done a few interviews in terms of over, over the states, and I think that there's, there's great resonance. The systems are different, but there's great resonance in terms of some of the concerns around leadership and teaching. The whole purpose of doing a, a doctorate is, is you refine something so much until it, it becomes quite simplistic. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the findings of the research was it's so simple that teachers want to collaborate. They don't want to be in isolation. Um, another one was that they like to work in different groups, not just, a, not just the same department in their secondary school or the same grade in, in elementary. So 
I'd be very excited to see the impact of people engaging with my book over in the States. And I'd be very interested to find out whether, how well they can apply it in their schools. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that you will reach out to Coolvarn on Twitter or to myself. And we'd love to hear how, how that process is going. Um, again, I want to thank you for being part of Transformative Principle. And you can get the show notes for this episode at transformativeprinciple.org. Thanks again, Colvarn. Thanks, Jethro. Thanks for having me. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.